The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot. Your stories don't define you, but how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. If the title of this podcast episode, An Accidental Podcaster Hits Episode 300, seems familiar, it's because I named episode 200 very similarly. And honestly, consistency makes me very uncomfortable. I find I sabotage myself when I'm too comfortable or too content for too long. The only thing I've done consistently in my life is breathe. And even that sometimes gets a little sketchy. Our younger son reads a lot about productivity and leadership. And last year, he handed me the book Atomic Habits, saying, Mom, you really need to read this. He knows the word routine is just not in my vocabulary. No one who knows me is surprised to see adaptability in my top five StrengthsFinder results. As a talent, it's my ability to switch gears easily, to instinctively prioritize my energy toward the path of least resistance. It also means I need to switch gears regularly, or I'll sabotage myself because I get bored. If you're curious about some of the stories about those top talents, head over to that series of my top talents, episodes 187, 188, and 189. The links are in the show notes on this podcast at elkinsconsulting.com. Now, I did read Atomic Habits, and after getting through the introduction and first chapter, rolling my eyes so many times I was dizzy, I found some effective strategies that have been really helpful. Given my propensity for losing interest in things, it's shocking to me, and probably to most people who know me, to see the number 300 in the title of this episode. Especially because being a podcaster was not on my list of business ideas. It's not something I ever considered doing until August of 2017. I was planning the agenda for the second No Longer Virtual Summit, which was scheduled in late February of the next year. Neil Hughes, a successful podcaster from the early days of that medium, and I met on LinkedIn a few years before that. And he was jazzed to be coming to NLV that next year. I figured if he was coming all the way from Birmingham, UK, I'd take full advantage. I asked him to host a panel-style session on building your brand via multimedia and platforms. We agreed it would be cool to have a case study to present, an NLV community member who would receive Neil's full podcast starting service to start their own podcast. And the two of them would present the experience at NLV 2018, along with the NLVers who were authors and vloggers, which was still just getting started, in a panel discussion. In preparation, I reached out to three people who at the first NLV had shown interest in starting a podcast. And all three turned me down. Yes, they turned down a multi-thousand dollar gift of Neil's services to start a podcast. I have too much on my plate right now, was one answer. And another was, I can't start another project until I get my head wrapped around the other things I'm juggling. And another was, that's such a nice offer. I'm going to have to pass right now. I was floored. 
And as I lamented the situation in a conversation with another friend, he said, Sarah, you're a storyteller, a storytelling and public speaking coach. You need to combine these two areas of your expertise and performance. Maybe it's you who needs to take advantage of the opportunity. Oh, I knew he was right. But podcasting seemed to require consistency, and that didn't appeal to me at all. But working with Neil absolutely appealed to me. And this would be an excuse to spend even more time learning from him, laughing with him because he's hilarious, and becoming even closer friends. We launched the Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will podcast in December of 2017 and have published an episode almost every Tuesday since then. I left my full-time job to be exclusively self-employed on July 6, 2018. Four weeks before my last day, when we were eating dinner, our younger son, 17, asked, So, Mom, what's your plan? I wasn't sure what he meant. What will you do? How will you spend your time? What's your plan for your business? And honestly... I wasn't sure who was more surprised when I had a reasonable answer. My plan, as I described to him, was to spend the first 8 to 12 weeks creating foundational documents, templates for proposals, invoices, contracts, work on business documents like getting certified as a disadvantaged and women-owned small business with the state, and making sure my bookkeeping was set up properly. But that's not what I did for those weeks. Now, it was a good plan, but did I mention I struggle with accountability and routine? Instead, I worked on projects around the house that had been languishing because of busy schedules. I went to bed knowing I had gotten a lot done and knowing that my dissatisfaction was directly related to the fact that none of what I had accomplished was actually building my business. In October, after floundering for three months, I glanced up at the bulletin board above my desk and saw the results of my StrengthsFinder assessment I had taken that spring. I realized I needed help. I needed a coach. I reached out to Gallup after receiving an email offer for a one-time coaching session at a great price. After I explained why I reached out, my coach immediately shared an insight that made so much sense. Sarah, you're like Speedy Gonzalez. Now, my coach is from Barcelona, and her accent made listening to her even more appealing. With your strategic and activator talents, she said, you notice the village is nearly out of cheese, so you race to the next village to buy more and race back. Problem solved, right? But when you return, you see the villagers gathering for a meeting to decide what kind of cheese to get this time. Your strategic thinks so fast about the solution, and your activator compels you to begin immediately that sometimes you forget that others are involved. You forget to take them along for the ride. That insight alone made an immediate difference in my relationship with my husband. I was planning an event at the time, and he wanted to help but didn't know how, because all of what I was planning was in my head. I hadn't written enough down. Once I took the time to write down ideas and tasks, I was able to delegate things I knew he wouldn't mind doing, things he'd do well. It was the next insight from her that took a lot longer for me to finally apply. And here I am, five years later, and finally making the adjustments to my strategies for work to see real improvement. 
she helped me see a major blind spot in my talents. The irony isn't lost on me that I often provide that kind of insight for my clients. And it took me this long to accept this one from her. She pointed out that I have zero talents in the executing domain in my top 10. As I look at my full 34 list now, I'm amazed I get anything completed because my first executing talent is number 17. And I'm self-employed, so that could go wrong in many ways. For those unfamiliar with Gallup StrengthsFinder, the list of 34 talents are divided into four domains, executing, the get shit done domain, relationship building, exactly what you think it would be, strategic thinking, the thinkers, often the overthinkers who struggle with analysis paralysis, and influencing, the people who have an obvious presence when they enter a room. They're usually pretty outgoing, often competitive, and usually appear very self-confident. People who know me well are often surprised when they hear I don't have executing talents because I do a lot. People know me as reliable, a person who shows up when I say I will, that they can count on me. And that's because when I'm accountable to others, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily accountable to myself. And because I'm adaptable and an activator, I can drop everything and shift gears easily when people need something from me. As I mentioned before, I don't live in routine, so it's easier for me to show up for people, but not so much for myself. Up until early this year, I had continued to struggle with daily tasks, keeping up with my client database, a consistent social media presence, all the routine and consistency that helps make a business successful. Thanks to that coach and others I've worked with over the years, I've delegated quite a few of those routine tasks to an assistant, and I use organizing tools and technology to reduce that blind spot. But it wasn't until I started attending a virtual co-working session with my friend and phenomenal mentor, Michelle Talbert, that I made the most significant improvements in this area. Almost every week, I'd log into the virtual co-working space she created. Michelle allowed a few minutes at the beginning to introduce ourselves and very quickly describe what we planned to work on that day. And then we'd launch into 15, 20, and 25-minute work sprints. She would set the timer, put on instrumental music to share, and off we'd go. At the end of a sprint, she'd pause the music and gently bring us back to the Zoom room, always saying, if you're in flow, keep on going with your head down. We'll set up for another 20-minute sprint. Almost every week, I found myself being held accountable and holding myself accountable to strategically select tasks to work on in that time, generally the routine tasks I had been procrastinating. A few months after working with Michelle's group, I started my own at a different time using the same structure she was using. And a few months ago, I realized how valuable this had become to me. There is a direct correlation with increasing revenue. So I started another co-working session, this time with a local friend, devoted almost exclusively to planning and scheduling consistent social media content. Again, within just a few weeks of this consistency, I saw a major increase in my followers and engagement across multiple platforms. Now, (laughs) none of you are surprised that consistency makes a difference in business. And if you are surprised, 
we are ingesting seriously different articles, videos, and books about productivity and entrepreneurship. Here's the thing though. Many of us don't have those talents, the ones that keep us consistent and content with routine. And people with talents in those areas of consistency benefit greatly by having people like me around to keep you agile, innovative, creative. So here I am publishing my 300th episode of my podcast, not because I'm consistent, not because there's ROI, return on investment, because there isn't, but because I have Neil Hughes supporting me, guiding me, and most of all, keeping me accountable in the nicest possible way. My guests share insights, humor, guidance, brilliant ideas, and it has been an incredible journey uncovering stories people have never shared before, guiding my guests to look at their stories through a different lens. I meet interesting, loving, deeply thoughtful people all the time, and it's an honor to bring their stories to a broader audience. The goal for this podcast has always been to remind people that their stories matter, that the stories they share have an impact on their internal messages and on how people perceive them. I love to remind people that their stories can attract or repel, connect or divide. And you know, the people you attract into your life matters. Being intentional about how you want to experience yourself and how you want others to experience you is a critical part of healthy, satisfying relationships. So the stories you make and the stories you share can be the difference in your happiness. In any setting, whether at work, in an interview, on a date, at a networking event, when presenting to your team or organization, side conversations during meetings, knowing how to share a meaningful story is a highly practical skill. Collect your stories, practice them, categorize them so you're likely to share the right one at the right time with the right audience to demonstrate your skills, value, character, and vision. Thank you for listening to Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. This show couldn't go on and wouldn't go on if it wasn't for the listeners that sent me messages telling me a story they heard unlocked an important story for them. It couldn't happen without the incredible guests I've had over these years. And just to say it one more time, it wouldn't happen without my circle of friends, especially Neil Hughes. If you're curious about how my workshops and keynote presentations can help you, your audience or team, and your organization become better ambassadors, please visit my website, elkinsconsulting.com, to schedule a discovery call. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and I'm looking forward to another 300 episodes. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.